That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everyone. I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate. And this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Work Party, the podcast that's part work, part party. Work Party celebrates a new generation of women and femmes who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. On this week's episode, we're sitting down with Liz Moody, a multi-hyphenate content creator whose joy-forward approach to food and nutrition has earned her nearly 400,000 followers on Instagram and 550,000 followers on TikTok. Liz is also a cookbook author and a contributing editor to Mind Body Green. Plus, her journalistic chops are present in her podcast, Healthier Together, which offers research-backed wellness tips to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. So today we're pod swapping. I was on uh, Liz's podcast recently, and Liz joins me on Work Party to talk about creating a community around food, having unique conversations in the crowded podcasting space, and how to create a killer TikTok strategy. And then we'll flip roles. She interviews me on her podcast, so be sure to tune in to both conversations. Thank you so much for joining us today. So Liz, welcome to the Work Party. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to dive right in. I thought we could start with a little bit of an icebreaker. So since you're always whipping up something delicious, tell us what's your favorite thing to eat before the workday begins? So for me, it has to be a green smoothie. I have been a green smoothie drinker for, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember, almost a decade now, I want to say. I've started almost every single day with a green smoothie, and that includes when I travel. That includes we live nomadically now, so I'm always unpacking my blender first thing. I just find that it is the quickest, easiest way to set the tone for the day. I have this one great healthy habit under my belt. I've had more vegetables before 9 a.m., depending on what time I wake up. I'm a a late waker up, or I love to dispel the wellness notion that wellness means waking up at 5 a.m. because it does not <laughs> have to. Uh, but I've had more vegetables in the morning than most people eat in the entire day. I can make it taste like a chocolate milkshake, and it really gives me the energy to kick off my day on a great note. I am not a coffee drinker, so I'm the kind of person who wakes up every morning dreaming of my green smoothie. Like that's the thing that gets me out of bed. 
okay, what's in it? I need to know if it tastes like a chocolate milkshake. So I vary it often, although I've been working on a book really intensively recently. And so when I'm doing something like that, I'll kind of do the same thing every day to eliminate that source of decision fatigue, but it's always got greens, like a lot of greens. If you're a first time green smoothie maker, spinach doesn't taste like anything. That's the easiest one to incorporate, but mixed greens are great. Arugula is great. It's always got some source of fat because you need fat to absorb a lot of, to absorb a lot of the fat soluble vitamins that are in vegetables, like the greens that you're trying to get. So I'll have avocado usually, or some chia seeds or some basil seeds, which I learned about on a recent podcast Mm -hmm. episode that I did. And they're a really good source of omega-3s and fiber. Um, And then I will have a banana, some frozen fruit, some protein source, whether that is hemp seeds or a protein powder. I'm really loving the ritual protein powder. I'm loving the sprout protein powder. And I love the news S protein powder right now. So I kind of like alternate between those. And then I will do cacao, which is the thing you're going to use that makes it taste like a chocolate milkshake. And then I'll do a lot of spices usually. So I love a lot of cinnamon. I love a lot of cardamom. I always say that spices are nature's original superfood. I think that we're looking for these like fancy superfoods at the, at the supermarket when in fact spices have so many therapeutic properties and they make your food taste really, really good. So I love including those. And then I'll just add water blend it up. And I don't like to waste my nut milks on my smoothie. I'm like, I'll use those when they, when you're going to taste them, when they matter, they're expensive. So just water, blend it up and drink it. Yum. Okay. Well, I got, I clearly need to give my smoothie an upgrade. So I am on top of it. Um, (laughs) So you mentioned you're living a nomadic lifestyle. Like what does a day in your life look like right now? It's honestly different every single day. So it differs based on both where we are, but also what project that I'm working on at the moment. So I'm kind of always juggling my social media work. I'm creating content for TikTok. I'm creating content for Instagram. I'm also juggling my podcast. So I'm recording interviews or I'm doing something like this, or I'm going to interview you right after this and you're interviewing me right now. And then I've also been working on a book and I also work on a conversation card company that I own with my husband. So it really depends on what is the pressing priority for the day, but we've been trying to get better at doing that like lunchtime sneak out for a quick hike or to really enjoy the area that we're in to take advantage of the fact that we've intentionally created this life for ourselves. Yeah. I love that. A midday break is so important. So I think that's amazing. So let's talk a little bit on the road to like launching all these amazing businesses and everything that you're doing. So in many ways, like when it comes to content creators, there's like a million different routes you can go to kind of dive into entrepreneurship. So tell us about the early days of starting your business. Like, were you aware that you'd set out to create this like multifaceted brand? Were you like, I'm going to do podcasts and cookbooks and, and create an online community? Or were you like every day by day being like, Oh, maybe this would work. Let's test that. Like, how did you sort of frame out the business? I think it was both. So I was always aware that I had big dreams and I wanted to do a lot of different things with my life and with my time, but I wasn't sure exactly what the specifics of that were. So when I started my business, I was still working as an editor. I was writing. I used to be a full-time magazine editor in New York City, and that was kind of my day job for years and years and years. And then I transitioned into doing my own business and I was still freelancing and writing gosh, I think like 10 or 20 articles a week, like quite a few to support myself while I was starting that business. And as I started to wean away the writing, my time started to free up to really pursue all of these different things that I was passionate about. And then some things really happened organically. The podcast 
came out of people just in my life saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe the way you have conversations. I can't believe the questions that you asked. I would love for you to record this. And I was like, oh, this is my dream job. So I started that. And then the conversation card game came out of people, all of our wonderful podcast listeners who are like, well, I love the conversations you have on the podcast. How can I have these deep, interesting, satisfying conversations with the people in my everyday life. So we wanted to arm them with the tools to do that. So it's really evolved organically. I think that's, it's it's really important as an entrepreneur to kind of always be checking in with yourself about whether or not the things you're doing at any given moment align with your goals at that moment. I think they're always shifting and changing. And sometimes we get stuck on a path and we get stuck in an identity that's no longer serving us at that point. Mm. So I think having that awareness and being attuned to what you want to do right now and checking in with yourself can be really helpful. As someone who has built a successful business from the ground up, I can tell you firsthand that creating a strong company culture is essential to achieving long-term success. That's why I'm excited to share the work of Culture Partners. Culture Partners is a business consulting company that empowers clients to unleash the power of culture to inspire people and businesses to reach their full potential. With over 30 years of experience, they have the expertise and tools to help you create and sustain a culture that inspires and empowers your employees. At the heart of Culture Partners' approach is a focus on data-driven insights and human industrial organizational psychological methods. They understand that a strong culture is not just about the perks and the benefits, but about creating an environment where employees feel valued, supported, and empowered. With Culture Partners, you'll gain access to a range of tools and services designed to help you achieve your culture goals, including a range of assessments to help you understand your current culture, identify areas for improvement, and develop a plan for change. I've always placed a strong emphasis on creating a positive and engaging culture. A strong culture is essential for building a thriving business and empowering our team members to do their best work. Over the years, I've worked hard with the team of Create and Cultivate to develop a culture that's supportive, collaborative, and inspiring. One that encourages creativity, innovation, and personal growth. With the help of Culture Partners, you can take your culture to the next level too. And to get started, simply visit culture.io to connect with a culture expert. Their team will work with you to understand your unique needs and goals and develop a customized plan to help you achieve your vision. At the end of the day, a strong culture is key to creating a thriving business. With Culture Partners by your side, you'll have the support and the expertise you need to create a culture that inspires. Visit culture.io to speak with a Culture Partners culture expert and re-engage with your employees today. And if you're interested in learning more about Culture Insights, be sure to visit culture.io slash resources to sign up for regular culture insights. That's culture.io slash resources. I used to care so much about portraying a perfect life and acting like everything was okay when really things were far from it. I was secretly battling anxiety, depression, and an eating disorder. So it was a lot. I'm Victoria Garrick, former Division I athlete, mental health advocate, and host of RealPod. Every Wednesday, I sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, and more to talk about the inner thoughts and feelings that we're all struggling with. So leave the filters and facetunes at the door and join me on RealPod. So you mentioned, you know, you were a journalist, an editor, working, you know, a lot on that, that medium, that craft. How did that help inform what you now are doing? Like, do you think that gave you a leg up in Instagram as an author? Like, how did you leverage that skill set into what you're doing today? In so many different ways. I think it's the perfect foundation for what I'm doing now. I think some of the troubles that people run into in the wellness world, which I find really 
sad because they sometimes cause people to throw out wellness altogether when it's actually, there's so many tools we can be using to live our healthiest and happiest lives, but there will be stuff that's not fact-checked. That's not sourced well. That's just kind of spreading like wildfire on the internet because it's catchy and it's grabby and it's shareable. And part of the training that you get when you're working as a journalist is literally source vetting and being able to understand where information is coming from and whether it's trustworthy or not. So that's something huge that I'm using, whether I'm choosing a podcast guest, whether I'm fact-checking what a podcast guest has said, when I'm choosing to amplify information on any of my channels, I'm being very, very, very careful that that information is factually accurate. And I think that that is hard to come by. Sometimes it's a little bit more hard to come by than I would like it to be in the wellness Mm. world. And then beyond that, it really taught me to think in sort of these content verticals. I view social media as sort of the next evolution of the magazine world in some ways. So I'm viewing my content in these verticals of like, oh, I'm talking about mental health. I'm talking about physical health. I'm talking about recipes. And if I haven't, I'm talking about beauty. If I haven't kind of talked about a vertical in a little bit, I'll revisit that and be able to circle back around. So I think having that editorial eye, whether it's for the overall content and the shape of the content I'm creating, or even something as simple as writing a headline or writing a podcast title has been really useful for me. Yeah. I love that so much. And it's so true. I think we're starting to see the breakout of influencers, content creators, and experts. And I think there is a fine line between both of those. Cause I think, you know, looking at what you've done, you're an expert, right? Like you've been in this field for a while. Um, and then there's people who are just sharing their lives, which is great as well, but like, it's important to understand that credibility and where that sort of lies. So I think that's really important. Um, so along the way you've built this like community that loves everything you do. You know, there's such a sense of trust and togetherness amongst the people that follow you. And that does not happen overnight, nor is it easy. So Mm. how did you integrate community into your business from the very beginning? And how have you scaled the community in the years since while maintaining that sense of trust and togetherness? I think first and foremost, being a source that people can trust is really helpful for community, but I've always had an eye towards the fact that we are healthier together. It is the ethos of my brand. It is the name of my podcast. It is the name of my most recent cookbook. The choices that we make are informed by the choices of the people around us. The people that we surround ourselves with are either going to make it easier for us to make the choices that we want that are going to shape our life in the direction that we want, or they're going to make it harder. And so I like to think of my community as this wonderful space where people can go and be surrounded by other people who are going to help make those choices as frictionless as possible in their lives. So I think sharing that good information and then also really doing everything with that community in mind. I'm creating all of my podcast episodes, trying to support the interests of what the people listening really want. I'm always listening to feedback. And then a lot of community has really sprung up organically. It was really funny. A person reached out to me on Instagram and she was like, I was walking down the street and I was listening to your podcast. And then I saw a sign stapled to a telephone pole And it said, hey, do you listen to the Healthier Together podcast? Do you live in this neighborhood? Do you want to start a podcast club? And she was literally listening to the podcast as she stumbled across this sign. And so she pulled the little email tag, emailed the person. That person organically started a podcast club in Denver. I got in touch with that person because I shared this whole story on social media. And I was like, oh my God, I'm crying. This is so beautiful. And now we have podcast clubs all over the country. They've been self-organized initially. And then we're trying to kind of like step in and help people in Dallas find each other, help people in Portland find each other. And so they've really self-organized into these beautiful groups to 
share like-minded thoughts and have interesting conversations. I think there is a huge need for human connection in this world right now. And it is one of my biggest honors to help facilitate that, whether it's through something like the podcast club or something like the conversation card games, which, you know, gets rid of that anxiety. Like, what do I talk about when I am connecting with other people? Yeah. Amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about the healthy conversation card game. So you launched healthy convo co a conversation card company that provides decks for couples, colleagues, friends, family, whoever, um, what has your career taught you about how to have great conversations and how did this translate into this company? I think the number one thing that it's taught me is that so many of us don't want to have surface level conversations, but we think that the other person does. So we're kind of stuck on like, oh, what's your week? What's going on in your week? What's the weather like when all of us really want to be vulnerable? There's really interesting science that came out of an episode on friendship that I did that shows how much vulnerability increases human connection and it increases likability. So if you want somebody to like you more, share a little bit of your true authentic self. So that's really what we did with these cards. We created questions that would help people have that permission giving to get vulnerable. So instead of you saying like, oh, I'm going to ask you, you know, about what your dream vacation would be if money were no object. You're like, well, the card asked me that. Or we have ones that talk about conversations that I think maybe a little bit more taboo about salary. Would you share your salary with the other people you're playing with? Share why or why not? And I think that beginning to have these conversations is something we all want. We just need a little push, a little help over that hurdle. I have a confession to make, but maybe you guys can relate to this. Have you ever had to bail on a party or networking event because you felt bloated and uncomfortable? Well, I have, and let me tell you, it's not a great feeling. Luckily, I've discovered a game-changing solution that I'm excited to share with you all. Rituals Symbiotic Plus is a daily three-in-one prebiotic, probiotic, and postbiotic supplement designed to say goodbye to bloat. Symbiotic Plus contains two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains to help support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gas, and diarrhea. Ritual literally created Symbiotic Plus with the weird gut stuff in mind, so you can enjoy all of your events at any time of day, anytime. What's even better is that Symbiotic Plus includes a postbiotic, which provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining, helping to support a healthy gut barrier. Maintaining a healthy microbiome is incredibly important to me, especially over the last few years. By focusing on my gut health, my digestion, immunity, and overall mental health has improved drastically. And with Symbiotic Plus, I can feel confident that I'm giving my body the support it needs to thrive. It's a small change that has made a big difference in my overall wellness journey. And here's the best part. All of this goodness comes in one single nested minty capsule that doesn't require refrigeration. It's so easy to take with you wherever you go, whether you're traveling or just on the go. The delay release capsule is also designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon, which just so happens to be the ideal place for probiotics to grow and thrive. So if you're like me and you've struggled with gut issues, I highly recommend giving Rituals Symbiotic Plus a try. It's helped me feel more comfortable and confident, and I know it can do the same for you. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. There's no more shame in your gut game. And that's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash party10 to start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash party10. So a very unique business to launch. So what was the biggest learning curve in launching this business and how did you overcome it? 
Interestingly, it was the actual like fulfillment and how do we produce and create the cards. I feel like people don't talk about that. There's like almost this expectation that you should be able to have an idea for a business and then just know how to start it. But I found even as a person with a lot of friends in who are creating products, I feel like I have a lot of legs up in the terms of the people that I have access to. I was still like, wait a second. So where are we getting these printed? And then how are these getting shipped here? And you need a fulfillment center and they're packing it for you. And I just didn't understand a lot of those elements. And I felt like there was something wrong with me because I didn't understand those elements. So the content was the easy part for me. I came up with zillions of questions with so many that we like, it was hard to narrow it down to the ones that you see in the deck. And those ones are just like tested up the wazoo so that you have crazy good conversations with them. But the logistics of how do you how do you get on Amazon, which we're still in the process of doing right now, taxes. Oh, yeah. When we launched, we weren't like we were still figuring out the whole tax thing. And we ended up taking a little bit of a loss on yeah. paying people's taxes for them because we hadn't figured that out. Yeah. So I think I, I want almost like a guide to like, so you have a great product idea. Like here's the logistics of actually getting it into people's hands. Yeah, no, it's so much more complicated than people think. So kudos to you for jumping in and figuring it out, which is honestly kind of the way I think everyone does it. So that makes a lot of sense. So for someone who, you know, is looking at your career and is like, I want to do that, but it's day one, you know, they're logging on, creating their Instagram account, you know, for the first time. What advice would you give them? Because obviously, you know, you've been on social media for a long time and, you know, now it feels like it's difficult to find your communities and grow your audience. Like what would be your tips? I think my first tip would be to figure out what you want to say. I think if you're getting on social media as a career, simply because you want an audience or you want fame or money or anything like that, you're probably going to be disappointed. A lot of the people I know who do social media as a career experience pretty extreme mental health issues. I think there's a lot of creator burnout. I think that the thing that tends to keep people going is feeling very behind the message that they're sharing and very passionate about spreading that message. So I think whether it's something you're curious about, something you want to explore, something that you want to interview other people about, or something that you are learning in your own life and you want to share that journey, I would figure out first what you want to say and have that be your base, have that be your ethos that you keep coming back to over and over and have that be your why. And then I would start creating, I mean, from a very logistical sense, I'd create video content and I would put it both on TikTok and on Instagram. That's going to be the way that you're going to reach the widest amount of people the most quickly. And then I would reach out to other people in the community who are creators you like, especially creators who are maybe just starting out or at a similar level to you, because I think that those relationships that you form early on. You can, a lot of you will be going through the same struggles and you'll be like, oh, the algorithm today, or like, what hashtags are we using? Or are you guys doing special content around Valentine's Day? Or like, what does that look like? Or what kind of equipment are you using? I think having people that you've sort of formed a community with that you can ask and share those questions with and have those conversations with can be really, really helpful. And a mistake I often see people make is they'll reach out to people who have been doing it for like five years, who have hundreds of thousands of followers, and they'll get really discouraged that that person doesn't want to be in the community with them or be sharing this advice when I think they would be better served and even enjoy the process more if they were reaching out to people who are more in a similar place where you could have that back and forth mentorship. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Let's talk about TikTok because you've grown exponentially on TikTok 
the hot platform. Everyone's talking <laughs> about it, but in your opinion, what kind of content is performing best on that platform and how can new users of TikTok, new founders, new influencers leverage that platform best if they're starting out now? I think it's about really showing your personality these days. I think that it used to be, you know, lots of trends, lots of trends and things like that and kind of like quicker videos. But now I think the more you can do like a 30, 60 second, even 90 second video, do a day in the life vlog, share your perspective on something, stitch somebody who's talking about something and share whether you agree or disagree or what you would add to the conversation. I think that the more you can say, this is who I am and this is what I think about this thing, the more you're going to find the people who are attracted to that perspective. And that's when you're going to be able to grow real community. I think sometimes the mistake we make on these platforms is we're looking for these huge hits where we just get millions of views on a viral video, but that doesn't actually get you anywhere. It might feel good. It's a little bit of a dopamine hit, but I think what we really want is long lasting community. And I think the way to do that is to show exactly who you are. Yeah. I I think that's so accurate. It's definitely a shift, right? It's like a shift from what was happening on Instagram in the early days to then stories to now TikTok is an evolution, I guess I should say. So obviously we've talked about now your business, your offline business, your uh, site, your books, podcasting, TikTok, but let's actually dive a little bit more into the podcast. So we're doing a double podcast right now. So I'll be on your show. You are on mine. It's awesome. So let's just dive into it. In 2023, podcast ad revenue is projected to grow by 28.8%, which is a lot. What have been some of your biggest learnings about launching a podcast? You know, I think a lot of people now are sort of like, I think I need a podcast now because it seems like the thing to do. But for you, what has been your learning since day one of recording? Yeah. So a lot. (laughs) I think a lot of people launch podcasts and the cliff for podcasts is very high. So the amount of people who start a podcast is many. The amount of people who get past, I think there's like a statistic around like five or 10 episodes is very few. So I think going into it with longevity in mind is going to serve you a lot better than just being like, oh, I want to start, start a podcast. I would personally have maybe three or four at least episodes banked before I got something live. And then I would have a pretty concrete plan for what I was going to do for my next five to 10 episodes. I wouldn't go much further out though than that because what you put out initially is going to be crap. And I think you need to be okay with that. That's a huge thing that I learned in writing in any creative pursuit is that the thing that we put out initially is never going to match what we want it to be in our brain. And so many of us stop ourselves from pursuing our creative dreams because of that discrepancy when actually the thing that lets you get to that quality where you are matching the level that you see in your head is just doing the thing. So I would, you know, you could even record two or three or four episodes that you don't even intend to release just to get the the flow of it, just to understand what you want the shape of your podcast to be. But also if you go back, scroll back in any podcast or you like speed, the first few episodes are awful. They're just like hot garbage. And that's part (laughs) of the process. And accepting that is the first secret to starting a successful podcast. So I would definitely do that. If that intimidates you, I think thinking in seasons can be really nice doing a 10 episode season with a plan of when you're going to come back for another 10 episode season. And then again, just really having something to say. I think that what do you want the shape of your podcast to look like? What are the podcasts that you really enjoy? What do you feel like is missing from the podcast space? Like when you go to listen to a podcast, what do you wish you were listening to that isn't there? And how can you provide that experience for listeners? Yeah, absolutely. And I think 
also, you know, one of the sort of big mysteries is you have this podcast, you have this great content, but how do you promote it? Right. You know, I think TikTok, it's interesting now. I feel like I go on TikTok and I see podcasts. I listen to you kind of doing these video clips. So like, how have you explored just promoting your podcast episodes across all your different channels as well? Yeah. So if I'm going to be completely honest, I was a little bit strategic about this at the beginning where I would have on people who were bigger names because I knew that they were going to share it with their audience. Even if I wasn't necessarily as interested in the topic that they were sharing about, I knew I needed that share from them to get listenership. Interestingly, I once I tipped to a point where I felt that the podcast was going to get a good amount of listenership per episode without needing that bigger name, I was able to just explore the topics that I wanted to engage with. And that's when the the listenership really grew. So I don't know whether the learning from that is that you should just go for the things that you're interested in and trust that people will find them. There is quite a strong SEO function on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts these days. That's really nice. Like I have a podcast about how to overcome fear of flying that came out over a year and a half ago. And it still gets listens like every day because when people search overcome fear of flying or fear of flying, it comes up. And so that's really, really nice. Or if there is something to you want to, you know, have on those big names, the people that are going to share it early on. And then once you hit a certain tipping point, feel free to engage with the topics that you like. And then, of course, I share every single episode on social media in some format. But instead of just grabbing the clips from the episode, often what I found works really well. I'll do that, too, and I'll put that out there. But I like to think, well, what's the really interesting takeaway from this episode? And how can I treat that like a reel or a TikTok that I would make? unto Mm -hmm. itself, make the content that you're sharing on social media, not just be promoting the podcast, but something that's really engaging and entertaining and makes people want to learn more. So then they are inspired to go over to the podcast and learn. And then I would say the last thing is like really paying attention to the quality of your content. I'm obsessive with my edits. I'm taking out any ums or likes or filler words. I'm We're going through the transcripts. We're really focusing on quality, making sure every single moment of the listener's time is absolutely worth it. And we are often most shared on Spotify. And I don't think that's not because of that. I'm going into the episode with an idea of the topic. I already have the title in my mind most of the time before I'm even recording. And I'm really trying to think this person has limited time in their day and they're choosing to spend an hour, an hour and a half of it with me. And I'm very, very cognizant of that. So I think if you want that word of mouth, which is really important to get to a certain point, all the viral shares in the world aren't going to help if people aren't sticking around and telling people that they love this podcast. Really thinking about the quality is important. Hey there, Work Party listeners. If you're anything like me, you're always looking for new ways to grow your business and keep your customers engaged. Well, today I have something that can do just that, Thinkific Plus. As a founder and new course provider, I know how important it is to keep your customers informed and trained on your unique offerings. And Thinkific Plus provides businesses like yours with a powerful, easy to use educational platform to do just that. So many businesses and organizations rely on Thinkific Plus because it provides a way to keep your customers, vendors, partners, and employees informed and trained. And the results speak for themselves. Take, for example, everyone's favorite social media scheduling platform, Later. Later was looking for a more interactive way to introduce users to their tools and features and apply marketing strategies to their own businesses. Later had already created content for online webinars and resources. All they had to do was upload the content to Thinkific Plus, and their course was up and running within just a few weeks. Since launching their customer education program with Thinkific Plus, Later's new features adoption increased by over 450% and their customer retention increased by over 300%. Plus, the Later team saved an invaluable amount of time and energy to focus on growing the business. 
I think this strategy is so smart because it addresses one of the biggest challenges facing businesses today, customer retention. With so much competition out there, it's more important than ever to keep your customers engaged and informed. By creating a customer education program using Thinkific Plus, you can provide your customers with the knowledge and the resources they need to succeed with your product or service. And the best part, it's all automated. You can create your course content once and then let Thinkific Plus handle the rest. Thinkific Plus can help your business close major wins. What are you waiting for? Start educating your customers at scale with Thinkific Plus. And right now, Work Party listeners get a free month of Thinkific Plus, but only when you go to my very special URL, and that is thinkific.com slash party. Start your free month of Thinkific Plus at T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash party. So what's next for you and what are you excited about right now? Anything that you're working on? Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is that I have a book coming out in the fall, which we're launching. We're kind of getting into marketing mode. I just finished the manuscript and turned it in, gosh, two weeks ago. And that was like a very intensive process. I've written two books before, but they were both cookbooks. And this is the first book that's not a cookbook. And so it was just like, Different. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> I was like, I'm a great writer. I used to write articles every single day, but it was it was definitely an undertaking. And so you really want to start the marketing for a book a year, 15 months, even ahead of time. And so we're really launching into that mode. What podcasts are we going to be on? What's our book tour going to look like? What are some kind of fun, surprising ways that we can bring this book to readers and share it with podcast listeners? So that's been a really fun process. Wow. Congratulations. So excited to see that when that comes out. Thank you. That's amazing. So since we're at the beginning of the new year, um, the top of 2023, what are some of your intentions and goals for this year as it relates to the company? So a big thing is I'm trying to differentiate between effort and success. I think I've had this big block in my mind for a long time that something can't be easeful and also count in a way. Like I felt Mm. like I had to work really, really hard on a reel or a TikTok or a piece of writing to have it be valuable and have value for the audience. And one thing I'm really trying to lean into this year, I literally have it on my phone background right now, that effort does not equal success. And I think that you can, especially when you're doing things that are really aligned with who you are and aligned with the messages that you want to share, you don't need to force it so much. You can kind of lean into it And even in a very pragmatic way, sometimes that 10 second, 15 second video clip you share that's really organic and in the moment resonates with people more than this thing you've spent six hours editing and putting all the clips together. And so I'm really trying to lean into the notion that I can be and I can be a little bit less of a perfectionist and put less less forcing and more easing in as a notion of success in the company this year. Yes. I love that philosophy. I think it's so great because I think that's something that was ingrained, especially for people who were on the cusp of the hustle culture versus like, you know, the self-employed, like there's a lot of like feelings of like, I should be sitting here and working, but I actually don't have to, if I don't want to. And that's a hard habit to break, I would say. So that's a good one for sure. Well, and I think if I can just comment on that, there's, there's, so I hired my first full-time team member this year and we're doing a huge effort at the company to differentiate between just time sat at your desk and productivity. I think Mm. often we think that busyness equals productivity when in fact, taking a break, being restful, going on a micro walk and giving your brain a little bit of capacity for creativity can lead to more productivity than just having your butt sat in the desk. So I think that's a huge 
step away from hustle culture is that you can actually get more done by hustling less and really being very, very intentional about being like, we don't want to be busy at this company. We want to be productive. Absolutely. I I love that so much. So let's end with some sentence finishers. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. The food I would take to a desert island with me is? Bread. (laughs) And butter. Can I bring two? Practical. Practical. Yes. yes, No, it's not practical. It's literally just like if I wanted to, I mean, I guess it is. You could live on bread maybe for a little bit. But (laughs) if if I'm going to be like on a desert island, which is not going to be that pleasant for me, I'm not a beach baby. I want to at least (laughs) be able to like sit there with like my baguette or my challah and like smush some butter onto it and maybe do some flaky sea salt. I want to get to enjoy one facet of my life. And so Get bread would be it, yes. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, the business tool I don't go a day without using is Notion. I don't know if that counts as a business tool, but I'm obsessed with my Notion. My entire company runs on Notion. My entire personal life runs on Notion. I love it so much. I'm not sponsored by them, but I'm like, hello, Notion. I shout out all the time. So funny, someone the other day was talking to me about Notion. So I'm gonna have to check that one out. Oh, you do. The person who inspires me the most is. Hmm, that's an interesting question. The person who inspires me the most. It's an interesting question because I'm actually actively seeking out mentors right now. I'm mm. about to put myself out there. I feel like that's been a really wonderful part of my career is I've gotten to mentor a lot of people, but I'm like, I would like to be the mentee, please. And then I would say for, this might sound silly, but actually, you know what I'll say right now? My Aunt Joan. So if I can tell a really brief story about my Aunt Joan. For sure. I did an episode earlier this year with a woman named Dr. Becca Levy, and she said she studies aging at Yale. And she said that you can add literally, according to research, seven and a half years to your life if you believe that aging is a positive thing. You can literally make your life longer if you have positive beliefs about aging. And many, many, many of us do not have positive beliefs about aging because why should we? All of society is telling us like, you're getting old, you're getting worthless, like get rid of your wrinkles. You can't have a thought after you're 40. And my aunt Joan in her fifties started a, came on as CEO of a company that's working to fight climate change. It's basically a seaweed that they add to feed and it helps cut the methane in cow burps, which I did not know that burps were the problem versus farts, but apparently they are. And I just find it so inspiring that somebody can at that point in their career, take on this whole huge project that was very, it's a very different field than anything that she's ever done before. And it makes me feel like there's no stopping point for my life. At any point in my life, I can veer, I can pivot, I can change the world. And that's really, really heartening for me. Yeah. Reinvention. It's so, it's so crucial. I love that. The best part of my day is Ooh, probably my meditation or my circ walk. So every single morning, do you know what a circ walk is? No, tell me what a circ walk is. Okay, so every single morning I go outside for five to 10 minutes, a little bit longer when it's cloudy and it's as close to when you wake up as possible and circ is short for circadian rhythm. So you're basically taking the time over and over and over in my podcast. I think like I have like 20 doctors who are like, the single most important thing you can do for your health is to regulate your circadian rhythm because your circadian rhythm impacts almost every single cell in your body. So it's going to impact your hormones. It's going to impact your gut health. It's going to impact your brain health. It's going to impact you being able to poop regularly. It's going to impact you being able to sleep well. So every single morning I wake up, I get my little water bottle, 
I brush my teeth first. And then I just like head straight out the door and I do a little walk around the neighborhood. It's a wonderful way for me to enjoy my nomad life because I'm like, oh, I'm in Ojai right now. There's cactuses and I can see Mount Cacti. That was, I'm I'm from a desert town. I should know, Cacti. Uh, I can see mountains in the distance and it's really lovely. And it also, seeing far distance helps you think more creatively. It feels really refreshing, that air on my face. And I feel like sometimes if I didn't, start my day in that way, I wouldn't go outside all day. I would just be right. at my computer all day. So it's a really a wonderful note to remind myself that the world is bigger than the world of my computer screen while having all of these additional circadian rhythm regulating benefits. I love that so much. What a cool, fun, new thing I just learned. I think that's amazing. And also, where are you in Ohio? How fun? How long are you there? So we've been in Ojai for two months now. We were kind of in LA for a little bit. And then I was like, I need to go somewhere to calm down to write my book. And so we've been in Ojai for two months. And then I think we're going up to Bend next month because my husband loves skiing. And so we wanted to get him near a mountain for a little bit, but we've been loving Ojai. Ojai is just, it speaks to my soul in a really beautiful way. It's a very peaceful, calming environment. And it's been the perfect place. I literally, if you're writing a book, go to Ojai. It's the best place to do it. I got married in Ojai. So, oh my God, where yeah. did you at the Ojai Valley Inn or no at the Ojai Rancho Inn? So, oh, like, the I little... went to a holiday market there. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, the whole cute. like courtyard situation is so cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was a long time ago now, but I have a very special place in my heart for Ohio. But that's amazing. So, Liz, tell everyone where they can follow you, listen to your podcast, and then maybe buy your book in the future. Yeah. I mean, so my book will be available wherever books are sold. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I'm Liz Moody on TikTok and on Instagram. And then my podcast is the Healthier Together podcast, which if you would like to hear Jacqueline on the podcast, we're going to go answer a bunch of career and work advice questions, which should be really, really fun. And we also have tons of different episodes from everything like how to make friends as an adult to uh, how to optimize your microbiome to how to have more confidence to how to get in control of your finances so we can all live the rich life of our dreams. So we really cover every single facet of what it means to live your healthiest, happiest life. And then you can find the conversation card games at healthyconvo.co. And we have raunchier together, which is like our bachelorette or couples dinner party one. It's R-rated. It's very sassy. We have a healthier together deck, which is more PG. You can play it with grandma. You can have good conversations <laughs> with your family. We have, we're all in this together, which is our journaling prompt deck that's designed to help people create the life of their dreams. And then we have working together, which is wonderful for office places and kind of gets rid of that awkward pause at the beginning of zoom calls. Amazing. I love it so much. We'll check it all out and be sure to check me out on Liz's pod. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yay. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.